0: Welcome to the Emblem Support Podcast! My name is Ordo, host of this podcast. Our logo is Mars Falchion as it serves as the world symbol for the Fire Emblem series and Smash Bros. I enjoy a good tune but dislike bad support conversations, but I'm getting ahead of myself. Let me introduce you to my brother-in-arms, Cardwiz. With his love of musicals, he's the very modern of a modern major gentleman, although don't get him started on his dislike for the Out Realms. that we're inside the final days before the release of Fire Emblem 3 Houses. What house will you choose?
1: The answer is Golden Deer. I I'm I'm choosing it. I I love my Golden Deer. We're going to we're going to take over the world or or something. I I don't know our motivations, but I'm I'm sure I'm sure they're good motivations. Our arrows will blot out the sun. <laughs> we'll figure out how good or how bad or evil each house is. I I hope each house Turns out you're the bad guy the entire time. No matter what you choose, ah, this game has so many possibilities. I can't wait. Uh, but in order to just hold ourselves over a little bit, there are so many videos and previews out there. But I'm gonna take a deep breath.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: I'm gonna live in the moment for right now. There, there are plenty of other games that we can talk about before we immerse ourselves in the pool of Fire Emblem Three Houses, which I hope I never leave. What have you been playing recently, Ordo?
0: Well, I played a Metroidvania called Time Spinner, and then I played another Metroidvania called, um, I don't know, this little indie project, uh, Bloodstained, Ritual of the Night.
1: Oh, yeah, that thing, that, it kind of reminds me of Castlevania.
0: No, you were wrong. No, but seriously, uh, yeah, I I played (laughs) them both thoroughly, very fun. Uh, Bloodstain's a little rough around the edges, but... It's 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 still a nice game. I think once they like, you know, give it some updates and some patches and all that DLC that's supposed to be coming with it, it's going to be it's definitely going to be a masterpiece. It's already good, but you know,
1: yeah, it's all it's already one of my favorite games I've played. It, probably my favorite game I've played this year. I love the feel of it. It feels like something of the night. It feels like the DS and Game Boy Advance Castlevania games. This feels like taking the best elements of all those games, combining them together in one wonderful game. And the only thing I don't love is like, I'm not the biggest fan of the art style, but it's just like arts art. I have I don't have a problem with this art style. I'm, I love the gameplay. I love the souls mechanics. Like this, the two Soma games were my two, probably my two favorite Castlevania games. Cause I loved the gameplay mechanics of that. And this one just really ran with that one more than any of the others. I think so. I absolutely love ritual of the night. I already finished it. I've debated doing a new game plus, but I think I want to wait for more of the DLC to come out. I want to wait till it's a little bit more finished. I want to wait for a few more patches because I have had some weird problems with mine. Firstly, hey. like...
0: The, like, the hey, biggest... you've, you've never been to this area before, but it um, <laughs> turns out this chest is already empty.
1: Yeah, the green are just randomly being empty or randomly being full again, or just kind of a weird one. I don't know if that's been patched out yet, but I really hope it has because a couple of the green chests have valuable quest, super important items. You need to complete the game (laughs) spoiler alert, but I, I really hope that one gets fixed personally. My favorite bug, they've already patched it out, which makes me sad because it was my favorite bug ever. And I didn't realize it was a bug at the time. Uh, in the game, there's like a hub area, like a mini village where there are a couple of villagers around. The greatest NPC of all time is <laughs> a random lady who will give you quests, like, well, kill this many demons because they killed uh, they killed the porter. They killed Simon. They killed Trevor. <laughs> I wonder what those names reference. Uh, but she will give you these quests to kill a bunch of random demons. And at the end of uh, each each quest you accept, she yells out, "Kill those murderers, dead!" and it's the greatest thing ever she <laughs> does it for every single time you accept the quest, and you'll be accepting like five quests at a time, so it, it just made me happy each time. but the glitch I got that they unfortunately patched out she didn't have eyes for me, oh God, I thought it was I literally thought it was like a creepy stylistic choice, but it turns out it was just a glitch, but like uh, oh, it was so appropriately creepy with. That voice and the things she was asking, it was so perfect. It fit the atmosphere, weirdly enough. But, hey, hopefully there's images online. You can look up if you want to see that. Uh, Man, Ritual of the Night's a good game.
0: Super fun, super fun. What else have you been up to, other than the same thing as me, pretty much?
1: Well, uh, as I've I've said, I've just been holding my own, just waiting for... uh, Three houses to come out, so I decided. Okay, I need there are games in my backlog. I need to finish, and finally, after about two years of putting it off, I have finally finished Phoenix Wright: Spirit of Justice.
0: Oh, how'd you like
1: it? I absolutely loved it. I it might be my favorite, but I don't know if it's my favorite Phoenix Wright game, but it's definitely in the top three. The I think it's the second case where you're tr- where you're working with Trucy and Trucy's accused of murder with, and there's magic involved, magic tricks, and it's that might be my favorite case of all time. How that one all works out.
0: And I'm the villain.
1: Yes, because there's a character in that who looks eerily like you and dresses like you did, and when we back in the days when we played GTA Online,
0: <laughs> yeah. Someone actually pointed out he he favors Johnny Depp a little bit too.
1: Yeah. Uh, the, the, that game had a bunch of great villains, a lot of great takedowns. That last case in particular, just all of the Phoenix Wright games except for like maybe one or two of them do a really good job of having that one villain who you know is the villain at the end. You just have to go through the long process of taking them down and boy was that satisfying. Spirit of Justice had really great uh, breakdown scenes, because they, they actually played, like, cutscenes rather than, like, four different sprite movements from the Game Boy Advance plus DS versions.
0: I was actually... They uh, felt like
1: full-on mental breakdowns. It was wonderful.
0: I was actually on Spotify, and I was looking through Capcom's because uh, they uploaded, like, a ton of Capcom game soundtracks, and I found that game, and I had forgotten about, like, the Jesus-looking guy. Yes, like, th- that... Dick, dick, the dick, very dick, first dick, case... Dick, the... <ras> I can't really do it, but if you've played it, you know.
1: That very first case, I think, has my favorite soundtrack. That favorite song. the the That witness you just described, the Jesus-looking witness. His soundtrack is some of my all-time favorites. Like The, the Phoenix Wright soundtracks have always been really good, but I think Spirit of Justice had the best by far. It is a fantastic game and I actually actually just downloaded the DLC for that game, the DLC quest, because I read the description and the description said your uh client says that she's a time traveler. Okay, downloaded.
0: Oh, I didn't know it had DLC. Yeah,
1: there's a DLC case and where you're where your client claims she's a time traveler, so she's just like, Okay, I'm in.
0: Oh, I may have to look that up one day or hopefully I gotta... hopefully they release the the other trilogy because they seem to be only stuck on like the first three games when they release a trilogy.
1: Yeah. I I hope uh, Apollo justice dual destinies and spirit justice come to switch or other consoles because th- those don't need to be overlooked. The first three games are amazing, but these three are also really good despite some of my problems with it. I, I'll just get into my problems with it. It feels like Apollo justice is a different character with like a different background in each game. <laughs> Yeah, I, I still like the character each time, but it feels like he's a different person each game. But uh, and uh, well, Apollo Justice, that game in particular has a bunch of problems with it, like how Zach Graymeier is supposed to be this. I no, I don't want to say hero, but he's like the worst person ever. <laughs> For all the 10,000 horrible things he does, but he, but he's not the villain.
0: <laughs> and basically how the first case, which is usually the introductory case, renders the big thing from the last case in the game utterly pointless.
1: It does. Uh-huh. Man, I love the Ace Attorney series. I can go on and on about that one all day, but I apologize this is the weakest game, but I still love it. Dual Destinies also has weak parts. I did not like the DLC case in that game. I thought the DLC case in that game was awful. I I think I quit that one like halfway through the case. But, the one but with hopefully time, that's the one with the whale. I, I hated the whale trial. Uh, like, I, like I just said, I quit that one probably halfway through that case. I mean, they the
0: as far as animal witnesses go, I mean, they peaked with the bird in the first case, so I mean. In, yeah, in the first game.
1: Ugh. <laughs> like, they're, they're, i played all the Phoenix Wright games that have been released in America now, but Scratch that I haven't played the professional Aiden one. There are only two cases that I, I think are downright bad. The whale I think it's the whale case and the one with the guy who looks like Phoenix right from the third game. I think those are two awful trials I never want to replay. I never want to see anyone play those. I wouldn't wish those on my worst enemy.
0: Big top turnabout.
1: I weirdly like that one. Oh my the logic God. is the logic is the worst. The logic in that case is the most crazy Phoenix Wright logic in any of the games. But weirdly, I still like that case. You are...
0: Maybe no wonder you chose Golden Maybe... Deer. You are a monster.
1: How dare you. Uh, but the Golden Deer are amazing people. We, we learned just the, a couple of days ago, Nintendo posted a video featuring Claude voicing telling us all about the Golden mm-hmm. Deer. Yep, so... Nintendo
0: actually started uh Nintendo started basically doing these Welcome To videos. So welcome to the Black Eagles, welcome to the Golden Deer, and welcome to the Blue Lions. Now, they actually said welcome to the Black Eagles first, but we're already talking about Golden Deer, so we'll go ahead and talk about the Welcome to the Golden Deer video first.
1: Uh first off, thank you, Nintendo, for finally advertising this game, even though Japan they've been advertising it for months, but not going to complain. We're getting what we're getting, so let's go over what little we're getting. <laughs> we get videos from each of the three heads of each of the three houses talking, and um, my boy Claude from the Golden Deers, Golden Deers official house of the Emblem Sport Podcast. Uh
0: huh.
1: Yeah, exactly.
0: So when it so when Claude first comes on the screen he's like yo welcome to the Golden Deers." he's basically introducing you to the Officer Academy as you know the other two will do uh, then we had a graphic on the screen that's his face and it says Claude likes topics of curiosity and dislikes leaving things to chance which means he is automatically the enemy of Joshua from Sacred Stones
1: well Joshua's a gambler he's deplorable well, How could, no one could like hit that guy I can't believe you would do this
0: Anyways, anyways, anyways. He also notes that the golden deer are archery specialists as well.
1: Yes, uh, I'm uh, just assuming that maybe more people from that house will be more proficient than archer in archery than the others. But I, I don't know. Maybe, maybe that's just a random line for world building. Or maybe that will actually incorporate into the game. We don't
0: know. See, it's kind of weird though, because they've kind of showed off kinda of like a bunch of different classes, but it's not like, you know, everyone's an archer. Like the characters they show on out of the characters they show on here, Claude's the only one that is an archer. And from the from like other characters that we know, I don't think a lot of them are archers either. Unless it's one of those deals where they can like earn the archery through your classes and stuff like that.
1: Well, I think just about from what we know, just about anyone can become any class, outside of a few gender-locked ones.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, I mean, like, you know, are they experts in that class? You know what I mean?
1: I don't know. Like, From what we've been able to gather, trying to avoid spoilers, it seems like each character does have... the Each character can become just about any class, but they do have the stats they're proficient in. Like, for example, let's say we're teaching Claude if we're teaching everyone archery, Claude might get like 10 points in archery and Edelgard might only get like seven points in archery. That would be my assumption of how it works. Each one has like probably their own hidden proficiencies with it. But again, who knows? Uh, But we can't leave these things to chance. We have to do as Claude says, we have to plot, we have to plan, we have to know all the chess pieces. Uh, And that is why Claude is the best. Golden deer are the best.
0: Yeah, so we're only going to be talking about the characters they show in the video. Um, Basically, we're kind of keeping it minimalist spoilers for you listeners out there. Um, So next up, we have Hilda. says she likes fashion and dislikes effort and responsibility. i put here in parentheses, it's Sarah from uh, FE7. Yes, she is. (laughs) It's so funny, too. Uh,
1: That is the perfect analogy. And honestly, I can't believe I never made that connection until you just now said that. That That's just like, Oh, clearly, that's it. That's really? That's what
0: everyone's been saying. It's like, oh yeah, it's totally Sarah.
1: I've been avoiding it all- online stuff, so I was just <laughs> like, well, I guess I need to make her a cleric now. I have to. I have to recreate Fire Emblem 7. Okay, uh, I'll have uh, Raphael be my Dorcas. <laughs> but
0: Claude actually notes that, that, I think he says something like, you know, if Lazy was in the dictionary, like her picture would be there. It's it's something like that. <laughs> mm-hmm. But like
1: again, the... That that's fine. That's a fun character trait. Let's. The only hope is that like not every single support is about her being lazy. Please don't go down that path. Please let don't let that just be. A, let's let that just be a character trait, not her only one.
0: I actually forget. I forgot what class they show her off in this video too. I think they showed her as a Pegasus Knight.
1: Well, I think they showed each character as like two or th- at least two different classes.
0: Yeah, there's been. There, I mean, there's been so much stuff coming out that I'm just like some of it's starting to blur together in my mind.
1: Uh, well, we do get to know a few more golden deer. We get to know Raphael, some of the internet's favorite, one of the internet's favorite guys with his improperly fitting shirt. He likes
0: pure protein and dislikes book learning. So Raphael is dumb and cannot read.
1: So I will make him my battle mage.
0: (laughs) It's also, I believe the E3 trailer revealed that like his parents were merchants
1: and like they were murdered or something, something of the sort. Something like that, if I remember correctly. The Treehouse event de- went into details about his side quest a little bit.
0: Yeah, and like the- him and was it him and Ig? I can't remember the guy's name. Ignatz, I want to say his name. I guy with the glasses.
1: Don't remember. Yeah, guy with the glasses, but he wasn't featured in this, so I get Nintendo says he's not important. Then, I,
0: well, I think I think Ignatz is a. I think he's in the Blue Lions.
1: I barely know people's names, but like. Uh, the, how the side quests are going to work and we'll, we'll have to recruit people if we want to get more side quests and it's like oh I cannot wait for this game it's gonna be fun yeah the next one actually
0: has me interested she's probably the first character that I looked at and said oh maybe maybe I should just go Golden Deer before it was revealed that you know you can recruit the different suits into your houses but her name is Leone and she likes Captain Geralt which is the which is Baila's father and dislikes the debt. I don't know why I said death. <laughs>
1: uh if we're if we're gonna try to make comparisons like the first time I saw her I saw that, it just reminded me oh, she reminds me of Mia from uh, Radiant, from Path of Radiance.
0: You know who she reminded me of?
1: who she remind you of?
0: She from Persona 4. <laughs> Instantly, because she kinda she gives off kind of like a tomboyish vibe and her haircut's similar. Not quite like the same color, but it's super similar.
1: Uh, maybe she can hang out with Raphael and she can just eat a bunch of meat. <laughs>
0: but uh. but uh, basically, like for her to actually join this officer's academy, like her village had to basically save up all this money and then be able to send her. So that's why she dislikes debt, because she wants to be able to become a mercenary like we are, so she can pay back her village for sending her here.
1: Just getting a little bit more depth into the world. A little bit of world building just by this little tidbit that we got from Nintendo. Oh, I love that we can go over this sort of stuff. I love this game already.
0: After that, they do the requisite, oh, but which house are you going to choose? Seek out the other houses and find out. So, I guess next time we'll we'll go on to the official house of the the podcast, the Black Eagles. Uh. And so uh, we're first introduced to Edelgard, like always, welcoming us to the Officer's Academy. But instantly, when her graphic comes up, I was just like, huh. Because it says, Edelgard likes talented individuals, but dislikes losing control. I was just like, oh, oh. That's
1: not foreshadowing at all. (laughs) That's not scary (laughs) about things to come with that character. Definitely, definitely.
0: Uh, much how like how the Golden Deers, they note they're archery specialists, um, Edelgard notes that they have strong magic users among their ranks. And this is actually, I feel like this is backed up a little bit more than the archery comment from the Golden Deers because we have seen several of their people in mage classes. We've seen, um, like we see Edelgard like holding up a ball of energy or it's like some kind of crest symbol or something. And we've also seen Dorothea in a mage class and we've seen, um, I have his name listed, uh, Hubert in a mage class as well.
1: I think we've seen Linhart in a mage class in one of the videos as well. Yeah, yeah.
0: Basically, Petra, off the top of my head, like Petra, we've seen her with a sword and that kind of fits in. Uh, She's actually, and it says here um, that her, well, the next person that actually pops up says, uh, Eligard's number two, Hubert, likes coffee and irony, but dislikes those who bottle... Who bothered Edelgard, and I put here in parentheses, possibly a Jacob type?
1: I think that would fit into that character. One thing I definitely like about this is that, unlike the Golden Deer, where the Golden Deer seems to be like more of a unity of peoples who come together to form one nation, with the Black Eagles, it's all centered around Edelgard, and we have this one character who is there to further support that.
0: One thing that that everyone actually picked up on Hubert is that he definitely has an evil look about him. So it could, so it makes me wonder, like, if he's maybe, maybe pushing Edelgard towards maybe being the Empress or Emperor, however they want to say it, and that maybe he's kind of like, not quite a puppet master, but you know, maybe like Edelgard, like trusts him so much that if Hubert said, oh, well, you know, Edelgard, this guy over here, I'm not too sure about him. The Edelgard would definitely go under that.
1: Yeah, I could totally see Hubert just sipping his coffee, just saying, well, just having a conversation with Edgar, just like, well, maybe you should be doing this, or, I don't know, maybe you should be doing that sort of thing. I I, I like how they built up Hubert a little bit. Like, beforehand, before, before this video, I just thought, oh, that's just an evil-looking dude. I would never pick the Black Eagles. This guy's a jerk. But now that we have a little bit more information, it's just like, okay, a little more intrigued. I, I wish these videos could have done like all of the students in the house instead of just four but we'll take what we get and uh, they did a good job of selecting these four i think
0: yeah the these videos are only like a minute 40 seconds long so it's not very long at all but still these little nuggets of information are nice next person up is someone who from the very first trainer i saw for the very first trailer I, saw, I was like oh i like her uh petra says that she likes her homeland and dislikes discrimination uh I have additional information here it says she's a foreign princess of a vassal state of the empire and I put think um think of how Marth is the prince of his nation but he still has to answer to like a higher authority that is until Marth conquers everything and becomes the goat.
1: <laughs> yes. Petra seems to be a fun, fun character. I I, she, I think she's really well designed. Uh I I'm a little worried about because they said like oh she's foreign so she's just learning English I'm a little worried that her uh, dialect can come across a little. I'm trying to think of an example, like from Octopath Traveler Traveler, uh, Haneth or whatever. Yes, Haneth. I'm a little worried her dialogue can come across as a little over the top and really annoying. But from what little we've seen, doesn't seem that bad. So I'm going to be optimistic.
0: And then like five years later, will she still have like bad English?
1: I hope not, but what once she sees the light and joins the Golden Deer, we'll we'll figure everything out then.
0: Sure, sure. Last we, we have Linhart, our favorite, uh, our favorite child of Lynn and Reinhardt, who likes snaps <laughs> and dislikes duty and politics, but his Chris research is second to. And I forgot to put the person's name down.
1: What like the uh, a professor at the yeah. officer academy? I think.
0: I think it's the guy with the monocle. Yeah, because his research is second to his.
1: Yeah, Linhart is another example of. Oh, I really hope this isn't a one no character. Oh, this person like naps, but again, gonna be try to go in optimistic.
0: Because we just had that character with Dwyer, and even like Dwyer, it's just like we just. I don't want to say we just had that character, but Dwyer is almost like a more nappier version of Har.
1: Yeah, but Har is an example of this sort of character. Done much better, so hopefully Linhart is in that same category. Yeah. But that that's all that we learned about the Black Eagles for now.
0: Yep. So the last, at least, is the house that neither one of us chose, but I am actually interested in uh, Blue Lions. Um. Again, when we when we get our intro for this one, Dimitri says that he likes combat training and dislikes fragile objects, and it's just like, uh, is that kind of referring to maybe yourself, your mental state,
1: maybe? Yes, he goes on to describe that he's sort of the prince of this region of the continent, but he also goes out of his way to describe himself as being no stranger to misfortune, it's just like oh boy, what things have happened in your past and we've seen the time skip, we know stuff's going to happen in your future. You know what, I just <laughs> oh, I,
0: okay, well, I just put something together, totally not written down, totally off the cuff right here. Do you remember that guy that they show with like the half white mask with the blonde hair? Yes. Okay. Go with me on this. Do you remember I, like that one scene in the trailer where we see like a boot smash that mask? Kind of fragile, I, right?
1: I don't remember that exact that one exactly, I'm afraid.
0: It's 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 in the it's in the E three trailer, but there's this one character that actually has a different mask on, and people are trying people are like putting together that that character and the and the guy with the white mask are the same person. And like the whole, just like fragile o- objects thing, combined with what we see as a boot stomping that mask in that trailer, I'm wondering if that mask guy could be Dimitri's brother if he has one.
1: <laughs> oh, oh, what mysteries are in your past, Dimitri? What horrible, horrible things are we going to learn about you?
0: Man, that just all just clicked for me all of a sudden. Okay, sorry, I didn't mean to break the flow.
1: <laughs> no it's totally okay just like when you were started talking about the mask it started to remind me of something i'm trying desperately to remember someone's name i like, i think someone from fire Emblem echoes the guy with the mask was i think it was conrad yep conrad yeah I was just like uh, thinking of the history of fire Emblem mask people now Well, see there, in,
0: is, there was conrad uh, there's sharaz uh i mean uh, zeke uh, i mean sir i mean uh camu
1: uh, and of course, uh, Lucina, Marth. Oh, Fire Emblem, you do love your eye masks.
0: Yep. Anyways, but like, so their no, their house basically notes uh, strength and chivalry, and we do see them actually wielding a variety of weapons. We see um, Dimitri himself wielding a lance. We see Dudu wielding a axe. Uh, I want to say there was someone that had a sword. It may have in Sylvain.
1: I think it was Sylvain.
0: Yeah. So his number 2 is Dedu. Uh, I man I like Dedu's like character design. He has like such a stern look. I'm just like, you know, this guy has to be a badass of some kind.
1: Weird name. I I think it's an odd choice for character design cuz I think Dedu looks like he's 40. Yeah. At this officer academy, but Let's Hey, see. maybe officer you can go to school when you're 40 or so. Go to school for the first time if if you haven't gotten the chance. <laughs>
0: It says he likes flowers and gardening and dislikes anyone trying to harm Dimitri. And so instead of a Jacob type, I put him more as the Frederick type.
1: Mm-hmm. Uh, and again, like both the Black Eagles and the Blue Lions have this clear second-in-command who is sort of the bodyguard for the main lord. Golden Deers don't have that, that so I'm just curious about that, because Golden Deer, that second person they referenced was hilda the sarah look so is sarah the number sarah look like number two
0: i am so sorry if it is because she's lazy
1: i know i might be in tr- i might be in a little bit trouble well
0: here but the thing here is, says it dislikes anyone trying to harm dimitri and you already said that you know didoo looks like he's a little bit older than like the other students so is it possible that didoo is not an actual student like maybe he's just kind of like an undercover dude Who's actually had who's maybe protected Dimitri since like maybe like he was a baby or something like that?
1: I could see something like that going down, and he just has to be like, Well, I'm in the same classroom, might as well take some classes. Yeah. Might as well learn how to be a dancer while I'm here.
0: Again, completely I could be completely missing the mark, but just that whole anyone trying to harm Dimitri, he would have to disc like that for a reason. Mm Mm-hmm. So my guess someone
1: harmed Dimitri in the past. Dun dun dun. So
0: let's say that uh, let's say that Dimitri was like 5 or something and Assassins came after him. And to do was like maybe 10 or 12 at the time. And that's where he gets that from. Completely just random, but... That could be a thing.
1: Uh, why didn't you give us more than a minute and a half, Nintendo? You could have given us so much more.
0: Yeah, but if they only gave us... Because they only gave us a minute and a half, we have to game explain this and make this like 2 hours, man. Come on, get with it. It's content <laughs> creation.
1: Alright. But ne- <laughs> next up, we have... We- we move on from the 40-year-old-looking guy to the, I believe, self-proclaimed ladies' man, Sylvain. He
0: likes women and dislikes jealousy. Uh, he's a he's a noted skirt chaser and a childhood friend of Dimitri. <sighs>
1: yeah, th- this character is in most Fire Emblem games, but... I, it's a trope I don't hate, and the characters usually end up pretty good. We had Viriant from Awakenings. We had Sane from Fire Emblem 7. It, I'm perfectly fine with this character being in here. But weirdly enough, for as far as the tropes go, this is probably Fire Emblem's weirdly more well-written-ish trope characters.
0: Yeah, and we actually see him try to I think he tries to throw an arm over uh, our next character's shoulder, Ingrid, and she like kind of like bops him in the face. <laughs>
1: that was a cute little cutscene.
0: yeah so uh there's really not much here to dimitri or i'm sorry there's not much here to sylvain other than that but my guess is he's kind of like the kind of comic relief and that that's fine because he still seems to be you know a really good dude so
1: yeah he he comes off as like the i am dimitri's friend character who's keeps him grounded or something like that. So
0: Yeah. And so we actually go to our last one who's also another childhood friend of Dimitri. Her name is Ingrid. She likes Tales of Chivalry. One of the probably one of those Japanese
1: Tales of games I've never heard of. Yeah, that was probably just on like the Super Famicom or something.
0: And yeah. dislikes extravagance. So I'm sorry, Virian, if you ever meet her in Ascar, you know, she doesn't like extravagance.
1: <sighs> note to self don't get if I could customize my character which I don't think I can, I can't get, I shouldn't give Blylet the cravat when they talk to Ingrid.
0: It's funny, like, some people have actually noted that Ingrid looks like Claire, but I honestly, you and I were talking before we actually started recording, I was like, she kind of reminds me of Charlotte.
1: Yeah, I get a little bit more Charlotte as far as Ingrid goes, but I'm going to be honest, Ingrid's probably, out of everyone they showed, Ingrid was the least interesting one to me, or... Dim- the voice actor for Dimitri didn't really sell me on it or with the script or I, I don't know what it was a combination of all those things this was the one the one character was just like oh uh Ingrid that's her name move on to the next notes
0: yeah unfortunately don't we think. still will not know too much about her I kind of like that well I kind of like that how we're not figuring everything about about all the characters it gives us you know stuff we can actually you know sink our teeth into when we get the main yeah. game
1: yeah but I i I was just trying to say, like, like the other 11 characters that we got featured a little bit, I was at least a little bit more curious to know more about, but this one just didn't grasp me for whatever reason. But, uh, oh, well, I am I hope Ingrid proves me wrong. I hope I, f- I absolutely fall in love with the character. We'll see in just a matter of days, mm. going down the days.
0: Well, do you want to go to the, the Q&A that we watched, or you want me to go to the next thing?
1: Let's go to the Q&A, because there have been so many Fire Emblem preview videos that have come out and just trying to s- be careful with the selection of ones just trying to only go to trusted sources because we want to avoid spoilers and i think game Explained probably had some of the best stuff on the subject they had a like a 40 minute long q and a session with the guy who's been primarily playing it and they went over a lot of good stuff and i br- i know i wrote down a few notes of things that i thought were slightly interesting and didn't get into spoiler territories so try to keep a very light hand as far as that concerns.
0: Yeah. Uh, as, as, well as far as, as far as, you know, giving credit where credit is due, it's uh Derek Bittner of Game Explain who's been playing it and uh with him on it, asking him the questions that they were picked out was John Cartwright. And we will um Yeah, I will just say look it up on YouTube, but because maybe by the time I have this actually out, it may not even be like relevant because because of, of how much stuff is actually coming
1: out. But, yeah. Alright. Uh, just some of the a couple of notes I took down. One of the big concerns about Fire Emblem after all the preview videos that they did from all the directs and from E3. One of the worries I that I I had a little bit of, but I know it's a big deal to a lot of people. The frame rate, because those early trailers did not have good frame rate. The game just did not look as good as it probably could have. But uh, according to Derek the frame rate runs at a really good rates. He, we don't, don't he doesn't, can't quite tell if it's like 30 or 60, but the only time he noticed there were noticeable dips is just running around the school a little bit with all the elements that they've got going on there. And I, to be honest, I'm perfectly fine with that. So long, everything else seems to be running smoothly. And I'm, I just, I'm happy to have a visually great looking fire Emblem game. Like we haven't, had what I would call a good-looking Fire Emblem game since the Sprite GBA ones, because I am a snob about those games. I didn't love the look of the 3DS ones. I didn't love the appearance of the of the Radi- of the the Radiance games.
0: I mean, to be fair, I, the Radiance games, they look a little bit like N64 games.
1: I know they do, and I hate that, that that's the biggest knock on those games. They just don't look good. But th- I think this game is a fantastic-looking game built on... Sort of on the Warriors engines, which I think also looks really good. That's one of the best things I can say about Fire Emblem Warriors. It has a good look to it, Mm -hmm. but uh, I'm happy that... It's not something I didn't know I really wanted, but it's nice to finally have a good-looking Fire Emblem game. The next note I wrote down from there is that apparently all of the people from the house you get, whatever house you choose... They start out as either a commoner or a noble, and I would assume that those are just similar to the villager class that that some of the characters start out in Fire Emblem Echoes, just to give you that completely blank slate so you can pick whatever path you want to. They might have proficiencies in archery or magic, but you can completely ignore those if you want and can go full-on dancer squad. Yeah,
0: I mean, and if you want to, you can just, like, have auto-teaching as well if you don't want to, like, get into the nitty-gritty of it. So if you're just like, man, I really don't care about teaching this or teaching that. And, of course, that was kind of confirmed a little bit early on, I think, with the E3 thing, but it's just kind of reiterated here, and I think in a later question.
1: Yes, in a later question, it is brought up like, – the question was brought up, like, how much time can you, do you put in per month because the game has the calendar system spread out over months – uh Derek explained that he put about three hours into each month, but he went on to explain that, yeah, I could easily see how you could only put in, like, you can shorten that to, like, ten minutes. You might be shortchanging yourself on a few things, but you can, the university life at the Officer's Academy, you can put as much or as little time into that as you want and still be able to play the game. I'm happy to hear that. I guarantee you as a lover of the trails of cold steel and the persona series i'm going to be spending so much time at that freaking university i'm going to be fishing i'm going to be eating dinners and be like oh wait there's combat there's combat in this game <laughs> before we move on to the next topic uh, nintendo actually just tweeted out something that will that we have to address because it leads to a correction uh, They just tweet out a picture of the golden deer and all the characters in that house, and Ignatz is a golden deer. I think we said earlier that he was a blue lion, so our bad. Whoops. Next note I have is something that sort of touches on what we were talking about earlier. Each house seems to have the main lord and then, like, one lord under them. It seems we're able to recruit everyone else, so each house has eight characters, I believe. So outside of the top lord and their number one subordinate, we'll be able to recruit those other six people.
0: I wonder how that'll change, like, how things are on the time skip.
1: The big time skip is just that's the big elephant in the room. I have no idea how that goes down. Yeah, because
0: he's not, he's not there yet.
1: Oh, uh, he's not there yet. Oh, no, this game is so much gonna be so much fun
0: because i think like you know what happens if you put in all that work to let's say okay so i'm black eagles let's say i put all in that work to recruit Ignatz but like after the time skip ignats just goes back to being a golden deer like was that
1: time just absolutely wasted or what i f- i feel like it can't be wasted i feel like once he joins your house it feels like he will actually be a part of that post time skip uh, at least that's what it feels like it should be but we'll figure that out yeah it's when time comes uh i have next note i have is something i am very excited for because it was my least favorite part of fates and awakenings the pair-up system is not in this game i hate the pair-ups i thought it overly simplified a lot of things i I thought the pair-up system was a bit of an easy mode sort of tool in those games and i actively avoided using it because i just disliked it that much but i'm happy to see it's not in this game
0: I, well, I used it I used it mostly to build support for support
1: conversations. It was a system I did not like.
0: It did, I mean, it, uh, it just it, it needs some tweaks with it. I'm not really sure, you know. Fates tried to, to, to fix it, but I kind of feel like they almost kind of made it worse in some aspects when, once you started bringing in, like,
1: personal skills. Next note I have is that there seems to be a part of the game where you can grind. It seems that during the month you can set up skirmish battles, so you can grind levels and skills a little bit that way if you choose to but again seems totally optional so i don't so i don't have to be like echoes where i just like i'm gonna walk through this dungeon over and over and over again until i get people to level 20 because i was insane when i played echoes one thing i did not know i don't think this counts as spoiler it's if it is it's like the minorest of minor minor spoilers you can see percentages of what other people do apparently in this game according to the q a yeah, yeah. Like, sort of similar to uh persona 4 golden and persona five where you can click a button and see like this is what this percentage of people decided to do, do a dungeon this day this percentage of people decided to talk to this person this day so that's something like i didn't know i wanted it but i'm very happy to have it because i enjoy seeing numbers
0: that also actually extends to your auxiliary battles or your skirmish battles I'm not, I'm not sure if those are two different things because uh, I've kind of heard him use interchange, so let's just say auxiliary battles. Like, if you can see where other people have, like, died at, or lost characters at, or, like, places that people have had trouble at. And I believe, to use that functionality, you're, you're going to have to have a Nintendo Switch uh, online account for that.
1: Yes, and to go into details about that, what you were just talking about, apparently, if you go into those areas... You get, like, a special boost, uh, I think, to, like, experience points or s- possibly some sort of reward if you do battles there. I forget exactly what I've heard mentioned, but uh it just adds a little bit more depth. Something that, like, I never would have thought of that in a million years. I'd never thought, oh, this is how you incorporate multiplayer. This is how you incorporate online into Fire Emblem. Just like, they thought of that. It's something that seems neat. I can't wait to see it. Hopefully I you'll never see any a dark place on the battlefield for me because i'm gonna keep everyone alive this time I, i'm good at keeping everyone alive <laughs> as we'll see at the fire emblem 7 conclusion at the end of this podcast uh and those were the main notes i got from the q a and just from all a uh, general of all the videos i've been watching on fire emblem did you have anything that i missed
0: no no i was gonna go, i was actually gonna jump on to the next thing because the three houses director Toshiyuki Ka- kasusuki ihara which i'm pretty sure i butchered that uh, he has a quote about, you know, 200 hours, and it says, quote, uh, by the way, I got this from Eurogamer, um, to finish the game with just one of the three houses, it took me 80 hours. I did not cut the vocals or cut scenes, of course, Kasusuke Hara said. So if you want to do all three paths, it will take you more than 200 hours. Which, in turn, um, I have a recent tweet from, again, uh, Game Explains Derek Bittner, that says, quote, For those curious, it took me 40 hours to reach the time skip in Fire Emblem Three Houses. No rushing, talking to everyone, doing every side quest and paralogue that would show up. To say that this is a meaty game is an understatement. End quote. I mean, I was kind of skeptical about, you know, 200 hours because the first thing that flashed up in my mind was when they were saying that Grand Theft Auto San Andreas, yes, I know we're going back years ago, years (laughs) ago. They were like, oh yeah, this game has 150 hours worth of playtime. I'm just like... 150 hours, of course, but it really doesn't. It's like if you do every single little thing in there. But like, hearing that he's at the time skip at 40 hours, and hearing that the game director took 80 hours for one path. I mean, it, we could be looking at you know a two two hundred hour game. Other
1: people can talk about two hundred ga- hour game. My hope is that this is a two thousand hour game. Honestly, I hope this becomes my next Fire Emblem Seven. Just the game I can play over and over and over and over and over again. That that's what I want from a Fire Emblem game. Awakenings did that a little bit. Uh, the Sacred Stones did that for me a bit. Path of Radiance did that for me. I hope Three Houses does that for me as well. But and Three Houses with the three different branches just gives just that extra incentive to it. And I'm I'm just so happy about this. All those other games, like those, could you could put a lot of time into those games. None of them are like. 80 hour playthroughs this is going to be outstanding because this is just adding so much with the officers academy functions that lets you just go as deep as you want with how you build up your army, how well you get to know the characters Ugh. oh, please give me this game now <laughs>
0: uh, after that, I only have a quote about amiibo functionality, which uh, people have been curious about, so you scan the amiibo or, uh, well, let me say all amiibo are compatible, Fire Emblem ones will give you like special stuff, so you'll get like items that will basically be around the amiibo gazebo and you can go around and get those even after you've scanned, so I think, I don't have the quote from Derek Bittner of Game Explained. But he said, yeah, I scanned it once and like items kept showing up anyways that were apparently exclusive to those amiibos. So the other thing that the Fire Emblem amiibo unlock, they unlock songs that you can use in the auxiliary battles and your song listing is Tempest of Seasons, Dwelling of the Ancient Gods, The Time to Act, Eternal Bond, Id Purposed, Conquest Ablaze, Beneath a New Light, Roy's Courage, March to Deliverance with Mila's divine protection, a light storm. Sorry, that's a light with storm in parentheses, um, a dark fall fire destiny ablaze, the world tree, Fodland winds and blue skies and a battle. And that last one is
1: one whole title. Oh man. uh, Amiibos. I was a little afraid that they'd be locking off things that we would really, really need, I was afraid that, like, oh, if you use the Ike amiibo, you get to play as Ike. Music is something that I'm not a huge fan of, it being potentially cut off. Better than the alternatives, I guess. Amiibos are such a weird thing. Um. The fact that it's just like DL's physical DL ski C is so weird, but uh, it, I guess it could be worse. It, it could be worse. You say that card was, but you own an Ike Amiibo. How dare you? Yes, I do own an Ike Amiibo, and I have no idea how you got that Amiibo. No idea. Definitely wasn't some shady backwater deals in the middle of a hotel in Florida. But
0: yeah, you'll you'll finally have to have a use for that Ike Amiibo I got you for your birth a couple of years ago.
1: Yeah, thank you, buddy.
0: No problem. See, I kind of have, like, I wonder if these songs are unlockable normally, too, because I have my Celica and Alm amiibos still in their package. I'm just like, the artwork is so nice on here. I just, I don't want to mess it up.
1: Don't open them. Can't, can't you, are, are the bottoms so thick that you can't scan them through the bottom of it?
0: Yeah, they have like a little, like, when you remove an amiibo from the box, there's actually like a small, not like a, it's not metal, but it's like a silvery, shiny plastic thing and i think that disrupts the signal yeah i saw people uh when amiibo first come out basically like making like square holes in the bottom of their amiibo so they could just scan them without ruining the packages i'm just like that's stupid because you still cut a hole in the bottom of the box so
1: it ruins the resale value but if like if the artwork is the main thing you don't want to potentially ruin then that's probably what what you would have to do
0: i think that wraps it for three houses are we uh we ready to move on
1: to the end let's move on to the next section of the podcast.
0: We're going to a support conversation.
1: And so what, what Fire Emblem game is the support conversation from? Is it an A, E, C? What, what's your favorite part of it?
0: Well, I figure that, you know, uh, we're talking about choices here. What house you're going to pick. That's a big choice, right? Big, a big, it's, it determines a Byleth's fate and the fate of our characters. So I looked up a Fire Emblem Warrior support, which we haven't done before, between Corin and Robin. And it's all about fates. Destiny. What we're going to do? So I'll be playing the part of Robin, and Cardwiz. You'll be playing the part of court <laughs> I'll call you Cornwiz.
1: <laughs> I hate you so much right now.
0: Uh... Oh, oh, oh. <laughs> Cornwiz. Oh boy,
1: you're the worst.
0: <laughs> Realm warrior supports—they're—they're they're actually not as long as normal end game supports. Basically, even though you can have C, B, and A, it's only the A plus supports that will actually give you conversations. So, uh, this is one small support and it won't take as long. Do you have a minute, Corrin? I've been wanting to talk to you. Tell me, do you believe our choices are really ours to choose? I'm not sure I follow. Are our decisions our own, or do you think they're already made for us?
1: Well, that's a terrifying prospect. What's gotten you thinking about this?
0: Hmm, I'm not really sure. I guess the idea that destiny has just been on my mind, and I can't shake the worry that my feelings and impulses aren't my own.
1: Hmm. Well, I've always believed that my choices are mine and mine alone. Like, fate is just a series of paths one can take, but it's up to you to decide which. So my future is still guided by will.
0: Okay, I think I understand what you're saying.
1: And if some godlike being thinks she can tell me what to do, (laughs) I'm going to find her and put her at the end of her... Put an end to her hijinks.
0: You don't think she'd see it coming? She'd be a god, after all.
1: So it's not a perfect plan. Anyway, what do you believe?
0: I'd like to believe i do more than just choose a path.
1: What other option is there?
0: To build my own. I don't want to be at the center of many branching paths. I want to carve out a single path for myself as I go. In short... I want to be the architect of my own fate.
1: I can see how that idea might be appealing, but I, I can't help but believe that my will serves something bigger than myself.
0: And I can only hope that the opposite is true.
1: I guess choice plays a different role for you than for me.
0: Think about it. I'm a tactician. Your royalty. What can we do but try to plan the hands we were dealt?
1: <laughs> Nothing, I guess. Though we do agree on one thing, that our decisions have consequences. Your perspective does have me thinking, though. Well, if
0: you're ever in need of a different point of view, I hope you come see me. If there's one thing I'm good at, it's overthinking
1: outcomes. Excellent. I'll offer you the same service. Maybe I'll convince you to take a pre-made path every once in a while.
0: <laughs> I guess that wouldn't be so bad. I look forward to more physiolo- physiological debates in our future, Corin. Me too. Yeah, pretty. It's 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 a little it's a little meta on the level.
1: It, it's super meta. Interesting philosophical debates that, between the two characters. But I really enjoyed that. That's the that's the most I've ever enjoyed Corrin. All right. Yeah. I. I
0: you take a little sidebar. You take Corrin out of fates, and they aren't that bad. In fates, <laughs> terrible. But yeah, it, it, I thought it was. I thought this conversation was actually pretty interesting, since this, since we were talking about choosing a house and destiny and fate and all that stuff, this fit perfectly.
1: It does fit very well. It's an excellent choice, and it has made is given me inspiration. I am going to form the House of the Purple Parrots.
0: So, uh, Fire Emblem Seven. <laughs> <laughs> uh,
1: just like the during that support conversation, just like corn says something of the lines of the choice choices choice is mine and mine alone i just wanted to go full-on olmec good luck uh-huh. <laughs>
0: yeah speaking of choices though
1: hit temple reference for the younger people out there who, who didn't get to enjoy nickelodeon in the 90s yeah you you aged me pretty much yeah sorry
0: buddy well we're finally here at the end of fire emblem 7 as i had started before
1: chapter seven into fire album seven yes uh we start off on chapter either 29x or 30 i can't remember quite what, right but 29x is no big deal because that is the, just the chapter where you go buy a bunch of stuff
0: yeah we well we started on 30 for this one
1: okay we did yeah, all yeah. Right. yeah. at the start of 30 we fargus our good old buddy fargus the pirate takes us all back to the dread isles and he We leave niles with him because niles he he just lost his sister it's a horrible time for him our good buddy fargus is going to keep an eye on him and we we also have this nice little moment between fargus and dart because dart's a side character and he's pretty much been on my bench the entire game learning that fargus saved him five years ago just a little bit of backstory thank you for that fargus kind of random though kind of random but it's like i appreciate it just like fargus and dart knew each other it was nice for them to have another moment together Uh, but then dang it fargus he, he forgets something he needs to go give the party something and then niles the bar just says all right i'll take it to him and he does thanks thanks for keeping an eye out on him fargus uh, then niles does come to us and he eventually gives us an earth seal which i will keep in my inventory to help out with my money rank bonus oh
0: man, my, my rank bonuses were trash
1: i'm sure i, I didn't write down my ranks because I'm, I'm not a huge rank guy i've never even attempted like a five a six star playthrough or however many stars you get for the being the best
0: I all mine were two stars except for like the last one. I think that's like tactics. I can't remember. I
1: think I was mostly good on most things. Uh, before the battle starts, we do have a little more cutscene. We have Nurgle calling Limistella his masterpiece, but he's pretty much says I've, I, he's basically overcharged her with too much power. She's gonna die soon, but basically take everyone else out with you so we can get their quintessence.
0: Well, you have to unplug your morphs, otherwise you overcharge them.
1: I know. Their battery runs out quicker, and just, uh, just a pain in the butt. To, because by the time it's time to replace their battery, they've already moved on to their new models, so you have to either go to some crummy shop and re- lose your warranty, and uh, just a pain in the butt altogether. He should have known. I know. Uh, since we were at the final charge, myself personally, I... have all of my stat bonus items, I've kept them in my inventory. I decided, am hey, why not? Why not just use them all? And I, I spread them out a little bit. But I did make sure I gave Eliwood a little bit of a boost. Because he, I, I was having a good Elliewood run this playthrough. So I decided to boost him just a little bit more. Make him really good. My
0: Elliot was okay. I only got him to like level seven,
1: so I had, I had a little trouble with the next chapter. I, I did a good good job with him this time around. He, he's so rarely good for me, but he was pretty good for me this run. Uh, this map this map is a huge map with a lot of reinforcements but thankfully you've been given so many chapters where there's so much exp to hand out like candy you really shouldn't have much problem with this just watch out for like the boltings and the ballistas for your flying units if you don't have the delphi shield equipped but i did so i didn't have any problems pretty much whatsoever
0: well i was able to i was able to bait the boltings and the ballistas with um uh fiora because she had the uber spear with her yes oh (laughs) that spear i love it yeah <laughs> she had, d- had uber spear and the delvy shell, so magic wasn't touching her and the blisses were missing
1: <laughs> yes i i did use my hammerine uh staff on the uber spear a couple of times so i could get my priscilla up to 20 so i can promote her even though it it's kind of dumb to try to do 2020 priscilla but i'm insane like that i have to get them up to 20 before i promote them uh but it on this chapter, we have a few cities, or a few villages to go to. One of them, we meet some girl with a unique sprite we've never seen before from this land called Arcadia. Hmm, I wonder if she has any effect on any other games, potentially.
0: Who knows? Oh, what was it? So Sophie, or Sophia. Uh,
1: yes, I believe so.
0: Yeah. This, is, yeah. this is my first time ever seeing her. Really? You,
1: have you not visited that village before?
0: I guess I hadn't. It's either that I hadn't done it, or remember, I haven't played this game in a long time prior to this, True. so I probably just forgot. I knew, like, I remembered Faye being in the one, in the desert town, but I didn't remember Sophia.
1: Yeah, the, the game does a good job with the shout-outs to Fire Emblem 6. Too bad. We never got Fire Emblem 6, so we could fully enjoy them. In the village to the north, we get to meet our last new character of the game, Renault. And I forgot, because, my. Um, previously my computer had crashed so i lost all my data i forgot all about taking the super special awesome super amazing character breakdown notes so off the top of my head renault is just freaking awesome he's one of the best characters in the game it is a pain in the butt that you don't get him until this late and his supports each cost like 150 turns to get to get to a
0: his, his backstory is really good though if you uh, I believe both um, I believe both Mangs and Gas have done character
1: breakdowns on him that are definitely worth your time. Mm-hmm. He, he's one of the best characters in all of Fire Emblem, honestly. And then you, if you do the Hector playthrough and do all of those bonus chapters, you get to see his uh, history with Kashuna, the magic seal, his history with Nurgle, and uh, it's such an amazing character that I just wish we could see more from.
0: Mang's but actually pointed out in his in his video when he goes to stats and it's like, he can't have been a mage or a, a bishop or whatever he is for very long because he still has the stats of a swordmaster. So that's interesting too, because he said he used to be a mercenary
1: of some kind and one of his supports. And he, In battle, he really isn't that great. The best thing about him is his fortify staff, which is a healing staff that heals everyone in the area. But
0: if you're playing on a randomizer run and you get Renault, he comes as a pre-promote and uh if he's a sword unit <laughs> it's done, man. It's done. But
1: uh, he's a great character and I'm glad I got to spend a little bit of time with him. I I did support grind for him and my turn count at the end of the game suffered for it. I did, I did get the A support between him and Wallace. I don't even know if that's a what that little sport.
0: I'd have to I'd have to it, go back it, and look at the videos.
1: It, yeah, it, it's a solid sport where he uh just Wallace when he was a young knight training there was this warrior Renault who he looked up to just throughout the sport he's just like man this renault was a great guy i wish i could meet him again but talking with you bishop renault has been nice it, it's a it's a nice sport little sport
0: i think I, uh, I think i prefer um not to get into to more supports but i i, I liked his support with uh what's his name crap raven's friend lucius that,
1: that i think that might be his best one by the time we finish this one there are a ton of reinforcements that can come and you can get more levels out of it because we're playing on la wood normal and nothing can kill you by this point, Livestella is not much of a problem, mainly because there are ballistas set up, and I just had Will go to a ballista and just sniped her. So I had fun with that.
0: I think I stabbed her with. Actually, was... I say I say she, but it's actually they. She's act- the Fire Emblem Cypher card game lists her as genderless.
1: Really? Yeah. Nate. Hmm. Anyway. Uh, you capture the board, and you're about to charge in and defeat Nurgle, save the world! But Nils has to tell a story, because it's story time.
0: Yep, and we get their full backstory. And actually, I didn't even realize this, but this is the only time we actually see Nils in dragon form.
1: We get a little still shot of him in the dragon, on the other side of the dragon gate. We learn that Ninian on that other side, she is a dragon oracle. So that's sort of neat to learn.
0: And what's actually interesting is, like, uh, well, I remember, I think I brought it up in a previous chapter of the podcast, where I was just like, we only see them with, we only see Ninian with a Dragonstone in Heroes. They only have, t- like, together, they only have one Dragonstone. Because typically when we see, you know, different Monokates throughout the series, you know, they each have their own individual Dragonstone, but Niels
1: and Ninian actually share one. But that Dragonstone was stolen from Nurgle, because Ninian and Niles heard a familiar voice on the other side of the Dragon's Gate, and I believe I went over this in a previous episode in, Hec- in Hector mode if you get to chapter 19XX which is a, a tricky thing to get to if you get to there you learn that Nurgle is their father kind of
0: it's, it's very it's not I don't think it's directly shown but it's super yes. super hinted at
1: yes it is super implied and oh man it, it's so cool that even the main story doesn't hint at it enough but the fact that they say it was a familiar voice. It's just like, okay, It there is hints there a little bit. Not, not enough so you could draw the conclusion, but it, it's nice that that's there. But Ninnia and Niles, while they were captive, they were sort of, they also hinted at they would rather kill themselves than help Nurgle. But Lord Elbert, Elliot's father, he gave them hope and he helped them escape. But before they got captured again and then they got loose and then got captured again and just like, eh, they, they have a bad time with Nurgle. Yeah, nothing good happens for them, which is sad cuz they're both really good people. After that, we meet up with Athos and he gives make sure everyone has their legendary your weapons equipped, but Lin, sorry, you don't get a legendary weapon, but you get something called the Soul
0: <laughs> I put here Ellywood gets Durandal, Hector gets Armads and Lin gets a rock. Er, Soul
1: Yeah. Sulcotti is okay.
0: Here's the weird thing: Why didn't you get uh, Mula Gear, which is the it's a sacred weapon of the Sakayan people from the previous game?
1: I I don't know. They should they should have given her her own sacred weapon, but instead she just gets like here's Sulcotti. Yeah. It, well, they, 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 it, they, it makes it, it makes your boobs bounce when you use it. They corrected it in Heroes, though. They did. I was very happy to see that. But uh, it's time for the final battle. The finale, where you assemble your final squad. Here, here, I, Here's my squad that I laid out. Outside of the five people who had to be there, I also had Will, Irk, Dorcas, Uberspear, Lowen, Harkin, and Wallace and Renault because I wanted to get that A support, and you had to bring them both to get the A support.
0: I don't remember who I brought. I, I know I brought Pent and because I always bring Pent and Louise everywhere. Uh, Lowen was there. Isadora was there. Uh, maybe Marcus was there it's been about a week and a half since i played
1: so mm. but th- it's an is this is a nice good hard battle You got uai with the Fletch bow which can absolutely destroy you uh, you've got Li- L- linus and lloyd with their a support standing beside each other jeez
0: they're they're always a
1: pain to take down. Ursula can be a bit annoying and Kenneth the the bishop can be a really annoying. There there are a lot of an really annoying units that you need to take out soon otherwise they'll gang up on you. Thankfully I got lucky I didn't have any problems, any serious problems. I didn't have to restart or anything. I, I actually didn't lose characters. I came close to losing Dorcas after a Ryan Fletch double but luckily I had just had just enough defense for him to live.
0: I actually lost Nils in this chapter. No. Which is which is funny because after this chapter is over, like there's a scene where Ellie Woods like I couldn't look an Indian in the eye, but it's like eh, well I mean, <laughs> yeah she's kind of dead. <laughs> I actually also put on here that Merlinius can't come with us was mate which makes him cry. Poor Merlin. Poor, poor Merlinus. But like Hector like gives him a letter of introduction that'll allow him to do business in Ostia if, I think if they perish. But instead he's like, you know what, forget that. I'll serve both of you until the end of my days. And so we kind of see that come to fruition in the next game where Roy will start off and Merlinius is in his party.
1: There's one thing that, one weird decision that the programmers made that actually made this a little bit easier. They gave the assassin germ a sword that can't crit. So I'm glad that the assassin couldn't crit me. (laughs) Thanks for that game. Wow, good job. Finally, you defeat all of those people. All the previous bosses come back to life stronger than ever with stronger weapons. Then Nurgle appears with a bunch of druids with, uh, like, a. I think there's a berserk staff in there. Thankfully, it took him out first before he could do that to me.
0: Well, I had a silent staff, so I kept using that.
1: Good use of silent staff. Oh, we missed
0: missed something. We missed something when Nurgle starts his ranting and raving. What happens
1: when he starts ranting and raving?
0: He goes on a long tangent. I couldn't even, I didn't, I was like, this is too long for me to even, to, to to even type out but then he does something horrendous and he reveals his googly eye <laughs> uh. <laughs> basically Athos injured him and damaged his eye and that's why he has like part of that bandana over his face and so when he reveals it in like that little still shot it's like oh man they really messed him up but the actual like character sprite Anytime time he moves, the, the eye goes back and forth. and it...
1: <laughs> I can't take him seriously. I, for, I, for, I always forget about it. It's not something I remember, <laughs> but... Oh. It's a weird-looking sprite. It, it really is. <laughs> they really
0: messed up, because they made the eyeball like twice the size of his regular one. And he's trying to have this serious face, but the, but the eyeball doesn't look in the same direction as his normal eye. And like I said, when he talks, the eye moves back and forth. <laughs> uh, the,
1: then he also has the weird battle sprite where like, he looks like he's 10 feet tall, oh, just yeah. absolutely covered in robes, yeah. like so many layers of robes. It's a cool looking sprite. It, the, his battle sprite's a really cool looking sprite. And the Arishkigal, which I think is like, I think it's a god of death in some culture.
0: Oh, I had to, to draw my eyes from that.
1: Ah, <laughs> uh, it, it's a it's an interesting sprite, but you, you have the battle with him. You're able to take it out him out fairly easily at this point, especially if you have a, a certain spell called Luna. Thank you for being broken here, Athos. Take the Luna, automatic thirty damage with like a twenty five percent chance to quit. We'll Please that. take it.
0: I had up having to use the Uber Spear, and it broke on me. Because I forgot Yeah, I had I had two uses on it and I forgot that I doubled, I was like, okay, he's dead, no problem, he doubled, and I was like, great, and I forgot to hammering too, I had one use of that left as well. So after, after that battle, the gate is opened, but wait, not all is lost. Brightamend appears and brings Ninian back to life. Right as this is happening, the dragon gate opens and three huge flame dragons pop out. Ninian decides that, oh, I'm back, and the first thing I'm going to do is OKO two of these dragons, and I put, that is not how Pokemon works.
1: Uh, the the the, sp- the attack Blizzard is a pretty good attack. It, it, if it's double weakness, like it's a it's a fire dragon, so ice against a fire dragon, I, doesn't that do like four times weakness? Uh, Never no. get my Pokemon weaknesses.
0: No, fire does four times against ice, but ice is strong against fire. I think. Uh,
1: but like, isn't ice also strong against dragon? So it's like a times four strength strength.
0: Oh yeah, that's true too. Maybe that uh, I, maybe that is how Pokemon works.
1: I remember a little bit about Pokemon. I don't, I'm going to get the one with the weird looking dog with the weird weapon or maybe the one with the weird shield face. I don't know. I'll get the opposite of you probably. Mm, so yeah,
0: Ninia, Ninia and Okeo is the two dragons leaving us to finish off the very last one. She also passes out after this. So if you have Nil still, you'll be using him uh, again for, to dance.
1: Yeah. And we've had the final dra- battle against the dragon, and the only things that can damage him are Durandal, the uh, Hector's Axe—my brain has broken for a second. Armads. Armads. And then Athos, because the Solcati, the totally not legendary weapon, can barely do anything against it. And even, like, the Uber Spear does, barely does anything against it. So, basically, be prepared to rescue uh, Hector and Ellie Wood over and over again or maybe you can get lucky like I did. Uh, Athos can crit the dragon with Luna.
0: I mostly had to grind him down, so I didn't have a good time with the dragon.
1: Yeah, it, it, it's just annoying that like n- everyone who you built up just can't really do anything against him. Only like those 3 people can even scratch him. Do more than can consistently do more than 10 damage against it. It's, eh.
0: Yeah, it becomes a whole thing cuz I think he has like 120
1: HP. He does and it's a disappointing final battle because because of that aspect to it. But in the end, you win the day and Athos uses the last of his strength and then just collapses onto the ground in uh in the three lords' arms. He he tells uh, Brahmian Bramimund, however we pronounce that, that He's about to die, and Bramaman said that he will soon follow. And Athos gives us a preview of Fire Emblem 6, which we will never get!
0: Yep, he tells us that one day the Dark Clouds will be over the kingdom once again, and that heroes will rise up.
1: An evil star rises and burn. But it's time... It's... Athos is passing. It's time for the Dragon get- Gate to be closed for good. Niles and Ninian must go to the other side. But... Depending. If you have not a- if you have an A support between a certain fiery redhead and a certain turquoise haired maiden, she might stay behind. She she admits that she will not be able to survive long in the world, but ah, Niles insists that Ninian stay with her love. Got something interesting so, right here that
0: I kinda of, that kinda of glossed over. Before before Ninian actually like you know, OKOs those two dragons, she goes, I will try. So When Fire Emblem when Ninian was first added to Fire Emblem Heroes, I noted that for some reason, like, her character lines always sound like she's kind of a little bit out of breath, and I was just like, what's the deal with that? And one of her quotes is, I will try. So that means that, like, this version of Ninian is literally like Ninian at the point she gets revived. I was just like, they really made a callback to something that old. That is wild.
1: Yes, they did. And it's a reference possibly a reference to how she can't really survive in this world she can only really thrive in the dragon world yeah
0: so I I don't think I don't remember bridal Ninian having that same kind of like breathiness uh, to her voice but yeah regular Ninian does and that's like that's a really cool detail I just
1: wanted to throw that out there it is worth throwing out but with that done it's time to move on to the epilogue
0: which actually is just a little bit different this time uh, for me anyways, since I didn't have Mark the tactician
1: i'm I look forward to hearing how the heck that works because for me, I did have Mark, and one year later, Mark is attending his Elliewoods Ascension ceremony because he's finally becoming the Marquis of Feyre, and Elliewood ha- there's a nice little scene where Wood asks Mark to name his first child. I had no no idea what he'd probably go with. Uh, maybe Ike that sounds good. sounds like a good hero name. So wait uh,
0: so wait this is all Mark's fault
1: yes okay so Roy, Roy's our boy is all Mark's fault
0: well okay so you have L. Bert and Eleanor give birth to Ellie Wood no L Roy thanks Mark you goofed mm-hmm. up
1: yes he does but what happened in uh, your version where you have no one leading this band
0: band of heroes it's actually a talk between Ellie Wood and Hector ooh I don't remember what it was dang it <laughs> i forgot to write it down i think it's assen- it's essentially the same thing but the the thing that kind of spoils it for it is that elliwood's decked out in this nice cool white attire and e- elliwood i'm sorry and e- elliwood is decked out in his nice white attire and hector's still dressed like in his uh rider armor
1: you know hector doesn't like wearing all that fancy stuff
0: yeah but this is the ascension ceremony for his best friend they could
1: have they could have did something you know he totally plans on attacking Gellywood with his axe. J- they're going to have a sparring ceremony, like right on the dais.
0: Probably.: Yeah, it was, uh, it, was Hec- it was Hector, and that uh, had like a brief conversation, and it wasn't as personal.
1: After this scene, we get sort of the credits. We get the breakdown of what happened to all the characters. We get the turn count. For me, it took 479 turns to beat this game, although subtract like 150 from that because of Renault.
0: I had about 363, I think.
1: It, it goes over all the character descriptions, including some of the characters you had pair up with the A-sports. Uh, I really only had two uh, couples for the for A-sports. I had Ellie Wood and Ninian as previously addressed, and I also had Irk and Priscilla as an A-sport.
0: That, that's Priscilla's only happy ending. Her Sorry, that's her only happy paired ending.
1: Yeah, Priscilla nothing really good happens to priscilla she's she's had a she's had a tricky life
0: so uh um, my paired couple endings were ellie wood and Ninian and of course the default
1: of Luis and pant uh, at the end it turns out mark my mark was a famed genius i think there are like five different titles that mark can get oh i didn't know that yes that, like there are a bunch of different descriptions i will try to Look that up on the fly. Uh, what were, you said you had uh, Ellie Wood and Indian oh, and, of course, Penn and Louise. You didn't have any others?
0: Nah. I thought, well, I, when I was when I was initially, like, planning things out, I was like, oh, well, I don't, I know I know, Lowen and um, Isadora have a paired support, but I forgot that Isadora is actually married to Harkin, and I never got Harkin. I got Krell and Yeah. Harkin's such a good character. He really is. I like how,
1: while you're, while you're looking that up, I'm just stalling. <laughs> All right. Yes, I, I, I found it. It's, okay. it's not fire, fire. There are three different uh, endings for Mark. Whether you get an S, if you get a or A rank, you are the superb mind. It's a, ta- a tactician whose brilliance changed the course of history, Burn and Ditoria, De so desired. Uh, wait, no, sorry. Should have added a period in there. A tactician whose brilliance changed the course of history. Burn and Aturia so desired this skilled mind that they went to war. <laughs> oh, jeez. Yep. And then you had, if you got a rank B or C for your mark, you were a famed genius. The tactician vanished after the battle. Burn, Lysia, and Aturia all sought those famed skills, but none ever found the tactician. And then, if you got a D rank or lower, you have Mark the suspicious mind. To this day, historians look back and question how these incomprehensible strategies ever led to victory.
0: <laughs> I never got that. Holy crap.
1: Yeah. I just got the I, one where
0: he vanishes from everything.
1: Yeah, most of the time I play, I usually end up with a B or C rank, mainly because I usually spend a lot of time uh, uh, grinding for my turns out for supports. But it, it, if, if you don't grind out for supports, you, it's... Pretty reasonable. You get a, the superb mind ending,
0: and thus, what? So that game's 2003. It's
1: 2019. Uh, yes. Uh, one, one last thing on Fire Emblem Seven. I ended up with all, three deaths: Raven, Heath, and sort of Marcus, because Marcus has to live for Fire Emblem Six. How did you end up doing?
0: I lost the usual Rebecca, but Pater. I didn't. Write, I didn't write the other ones down. I took terrible notes this time. I'm
1: sorry. Eh, it's okay. You, you you lost Niles.
0: Yeah. But again and again, it's the last map, one of the last turns. It doesn't matter. He goes to the Dragon's Gate anyways.
1: Yeah. And this is the first time I played, I maybe, I don't know if it's the first time I played ever where I actually let people die because I almost always restart the chapter if someone dies, but it was n- nice to let that sort of go, live with the shame of losing people. And when we do our next playthrough, I'm going to try to do that as well. I'm going to try to live with my mistakes whatever those may be speaking of next playthrough what what are we what are we doing again
0: we're gonna be we're gonna be doing something with three houses but we haven't decided on like we haven't decided on like the month structure because it's a new game really don't know what we're doing but i think i think we're gonna go the first three months now play it however you like because i'm gonna play it however i like i may go further than further than that but i'm probably gonna still talk about those first three months
1: you, straight up, I'm telling you right now, I'm going to have two separate save files, one for my personal playthrough, which I will get through the, through those 80-200 hours as soon as I can, and then I'll have a second playthrough for my podcast playthrough. The podcast playthrough is the playthrough I will let characters die if that were to happen. I, I don't know what house I'm going to go with. for. Well, I, I guess I'll have to go for Golden Deer for because I've just been spouting out so probably my main playthrough and my emblem support playthrough are gonna be golden deer i think uh, and i guess it'd be nice doing those back to back because i will actually get to see firsthand how choices actually matter where if i make different choices along the golden deer path see how what differences can turn out so i'll look forward to that
0: yeah and i guess we'll just be chit-chatting it probably a little bit probably a little bit looser than this because obviously we have played this game a bunch of times so who knows what's going to happen and all that good stuff
1: and uh, what difficulty are we going to aim for for people who want to play along with us?
0: Well, if the if you start up the game and it's like with Echoes where it says oh normal's kind of for the beginners, then I'm probably going to go with hard.
1: All right. But so, if it, but if
0: but if hard but if normal is just normal, then we'll go with normal.
1: All right. Well, pay attention to our uh, Twitter feed, the Emblem Support Twitter feed, because we'll probably give a definitive answer there when the game actually comes out, which one we're going with, either normal or hard. The first three months of gameplay is what we'll play before our next uh meeting of the emblem support
0: podcast sounds good and on that note actually before we get listen listen mark buddy if you're out there lynn has been looking for you since 2003 i've heard her talking about it awakening she talks about it Fire Emblem warriors she talks about it, Fire Emblem heroes mark if you are out there call in she is worried for you and with that said card was together we ride uh-huh.